I just got the best deal on printer ink. Bowling on ESPN? Yes! I miss my modem. Gas prices are looking pretty good right now. I'm really glad you paid me in change. Hey, uh, can I burn a copy of your Nickelback CD? I wish my yard had more gophers. College books are so cheap. Hey, uh, just look it up on Bing. My TV is too big. Skinny jeans are so manly. Hey, uh, does anyone know how to make papyrus my default font? My bazooka gum still has flavor. I completely understand my taxes. I have got too much money. Hey, officer, I'm so glad you pulled me over. Well, hey, Journey, good morning. My name is Chris. It's great to be with all of you this morning. I was going to say something to Josh about his Yankees comments and all that, but I can't because my team is horrible this year. So I'm just going to keep my mouth shut on that one. Uh, on another note, I wanted to say that it, I have no idea where you've been in your life this last week, or maybe even this last month, or even we could go back in this last year, but I'm guessing there, there was some point along the way where something in your life just didn't sit well with you. And today you ended up walking in here carrying uh, on some level like some hurt or some frustration or, or some pain or some fear or some resentment or some shame, whatever it might be. And I just want to acknowledge that and say, yep, I get it. Me too. I've been there. I know what that's like. And so with that, I've got a challenge for you for the rest of our time together. Maybe an encouragement, rather. Uh, my encouragement is this. Why don't we all be more like my dog, Maya? All right? And, and so here's what Maya does, right? Like, if Maya's got something going on, she just shakes it off. She just shakes it off. So we're going to try that this morning, all right? So, like, I guarantee you're going to feel better if you just go, like, you could try it. Okay, like three of you are going to feel better. The rest of you, you're still carrying that junk. You didn't shake it off, all right? So if you ever feel like, you know, that's just weighing you down, you can go ahead and be like Maya, and she'll, she'll show you how to do it. Just shake it right off. There, oh, she's so great, huh? Uh, so maybe you are feeling better, and, and maybe not. But since we're feeling a little refreshed, I, I thought it would be the perfect time to lay some of my own insecurity on you. Right, like, what better time than right now to do that? And so, uh, I wanted to tell you that I'm actually insecure about being judged by all of you this morning. Yes, it's true. Right, you see, this outfit that I'm currently wearing happens to be my favorite outfit. Okay, just ask my wife. And it, it just so happens that I wore it earlier this week. And it's also not the first time I've worn it on this stage. And so I was a little worried. I, I've washed it since then, by the way. I, I was a little worried about what people might think about me and all of that. And I, was, I started to think about it, and I realized I was focusing on the wrong things, you see. Like, I was just picking out an outfit to stand up here, and I'm freaking out. Like, that's, that's the wrong focus. So, so simply put, I want you to know I didn't show up this morning just to look good, even though I do, okay? <laughs> anyway, yeah, you saw that one coming. Uh, to, to be honest with you, I actually showed up here today because God's been teaching me something in my own life that I actually think is worthy of sharing 
with all of you. He's been doing this work on, on my heart, and I said, hey, wow, why don't I just lay it out there and see if he might have the same work to do on yours. And so um, my, my hope for us is that we all know what it feels like to, to worry about what people think about us or, or to come carrying some baggage or whatever it might be. And my hope this morning is that we'd just be able to, to shake that off and we'd be able to focus simply on what God has to say to us, the truth that he longs to pour into our lives. So, so let's just pray together that that might be so this morning. Heavenly Father, we just come before you humbly this morning, knowing that, that no matter where we're at in our life, you, you love us just as we are. I ask that you would just remove those obstacles maybe that we've been carrying with us or come in here with it that might keep us from hearing you this morning. Uh, would, you, would you soften our hearts? Would you open our eyes to, to see what it is you have to say to us? And, and I just ask that you would give us a receptive spirit to what that is. Uh, change us, God. Make us more like you. And we just do all of this for your glory. And we love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay, so since I've been busy telling you about my shortcomings as a human, right, I figured I'd just give you some more. Uh, I, I personally, I hate, and I'm using the word hate on purpose here, I hate home construction projects, or like I just, I despise them. And, and it's, it's partly because, you see, I'm actually horrible at all things like building, painting, drilling, hammering. Like I don't even have a good list of construction words to use. I'm that, I'm that bad, right? And, and this might not seem like a big deal to, to all of you, but it, but it is because my wife, Kate, she happens to have big plans, always, every day, like even in her sleep, she's coming up with things. Like I can, I can totally get on board with, with spraying some WD-40 on a squeaky hinge. Like I dominate that, by the way. Like I can totally do that. But, but Kate hears a squeaky hinge and she immediately thinks like, let's remodel the living room. Like, that, that's where she goes with that right away. Like, Kate has these big plans and this big vision, and I have little ability. And so, as I, as I try to be a good husband, and I'm trying, I want you to know that, I started to realize that, that the reason I was so against these continuous, ongoing, never-ending, no-end-in-sight projects— well, besides my lack of ability and the work that was required was that I couldn't see what it was that Kate saw. Like I had no vision for what the restructuring or the rebuilding or the remodeling would add to our home and to our lives. And, and if I'm really honest with all of you, I would actually say that at the end of all of these projects, everything that we've ever worked on was always better. Like, don't, don't tell Kate that. Like, that's between us. But they were always better. And so as I reflected on this realization in my life, I started to see some striking similarities between that and my relationship with God. And I'm guessing we've all been in this position before where, where we can't see in us what God sees. Right? Or we don't want to put in the work that it's going to take, or, or we don't think we have what it takes, or, or maybe we're just totally content with the comfortable box that we're living in already, and we don't want to add anything to it or change it at all. And so I don't think I would be saying anything revolutionary or anything brand new to you when I would say that God wants to do like actual work in our lives. 
right, like actual reconstructive work, like an entire remodel, because he sees something better. He sees something better in all of us, and it's there regardless of if we can see it for ourselves right now or not. He sees it. And so as we think about what this work right, might actually mean on our own hearts and what that looks like. I want to bring us to a couple verses in Luke 9 where Jesus states the case quite clear that he actually has something better for us than, than we could actually create for ourselves. And so we're going to take a look at Luke 9 and we're going to look at verses 24 and 25. And so before we read those together. Let me just remind you, we're, we're closing up a series. Like, this is the very last installment of the summer series that we've been going through for the last nine weeks called Stuff Nobody Says, The Surprising Sayings of Jesus. And what we've been doing is we've been looking at all these things that Jesus has said throughout his life that, that make us just go, like, hold on, Jesus. Nobody says that. Nobody says that. And let me just say Luke 9, 24, and 25 are no different. All right, no different. And so let me give you a little background information on this before we read it together. Uh, in this particular moment, Jesus is talking to his disciples. So like this is an intimate setting. So I would challenge you to maybe put yourself in the room, like Jesus and his 12 disciples and you. Right, you're hanging out in this room and, and it, he's got some pretty personal things to say. Right before this, he says some things that are a big deal as well, but I wanna skip that and just focus our attention right here. So here's what Jesus has to say. He says, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but are yourself lost or destroyed? Like, nobody says that. Give up your life and then you'll find it. Right, it seems so backwards. But if, if we're really honest again, and we look at Luke 9, 24 and 25, like it's pretty straightforward, but it's actually something that I really like about Jesus. He just gets to the point, right? He's not pulling any punches on you. He's just telling you like it is. And so he knows, he understands our propensity to believe that we can do it ourselves, right? I, like, I, I mean, if, if it's pretty normal for us to think that we can fix things, so why not ourselves, right? Unless, of course, you have my fixing skills, and I think that that's what Jesus is saying we all have. We all have my fixing skills when it comes to fixing ourselves. We can't do it on our own. And so sometimes when, when Jesus gives it to you straight, it's a, it's a little bit much to take. And so if that's not resonating with you, I wanted to give you another perspective. And so we're going to use one of those fancy literary devices known as a metaphor. Okay, and, he, and here's what the metaphor is. Let's say a house is a metaphor for our life. Yeah, right? Okay, that's going to be good. So here, here's what we're going to do. We're going to actually look at what C.S. Lewis has to say about it in his book, Mere Christianity. I went to someone much smarter than me to give us this illustration. So here's how he says it. He says, imagine yourself as a living house. God comes in to rebuild that house. At first, perhaps, you can understand what he is doing. He is getting the drains right and stopping the leaks in the roof and so on. You knew that those jobs needed doing, and so you're not surprised. Like, we all know there's some work that needs to be done in our lives, and so, like, he says we're not surprised when God comes to do it. He then says, but presently, 
He starts knocking the house about in a way that hurts abominably and does not seem to make sense. What on earth is he up to? The explanation is that he is building quite a different house from the one you thought of. Throwing out a new wing here, putting on an extra floor there, running up towers, making courtyards. You thought you were going to be made into a decent little cottage, but he is building a palace. He intends to come and live in it himself. Like the, the, the paradox of Luke 9.24 is that we think that if we take our life into our own hands, we'll succeed. Like that's what we've got to do. But Jesus is saying just the opposite. He says it's only by surrender, only by self-denial that, that we'll find life, lasting, eternal, meaningful life. So the challenge becomes this, right? Just give him the house. Give him the house, right? Because what we long to do is we long to tidy up the little cottage that's our lives, right? We long to tidy it up. Maybe we tinker here, we meddle here, we make something look nice here. We, we, we keep things under our control in our tiny little cottage, maybe even becoming a little bit more religious along the way so that then our cottage will be what leaves us content, or at the very least, on the outside, it will just look so good, right? But God has so much more. Focusing all our time on tidying up this little cottage means that we get stuck in this mundane cycle of just going through the motions in our life, and we actually begin to think that that's enough. We end up settling, we either follow the path of Jesus, right, surrendering all, or we lose our way. And so the, the, the question again becomes, what path are we on? There, there's two options. Are we settling? Or are we following Jesus with everything, giving him everything so that he might build a palace? Right now, the, the band is actually gonna come up and they're gonna play a song and then I'm gonna come back up and, and talk to you so you're not finished with me yet. Uh, but, but as they're playing, I want you to think about some things. I want you to ask yourself these questions. Do some seeking in your heart and maybe ask yourself, what's keeping you from giving all of you to him? What's hindering your reach? What's holding you back from being this person that God wants you to be? Why aren't you willing to surrender every corner of the house that is your life? And so as the band plays, I just want you to feel free to just sit back and reflect on that, right? You don't need to stand up. You don't need to sing along. Like, just take all of that in and, and see what God has to say to you. Rip the 
these tendons they hinder my reach toward you rip these tendons they hinder my reach toward you save me from this flesh. Paul whispers in my ear, oh, don't worry, my friend, you're in good company. Poets before me have tried to measure this love, and if 40,000 brothers cannot with all their quantity of love make up this sum, then how can my heart contain this mass? It would only burst at the seams into a million tender pieces. So what then? What good is a broken heart to you? Could you even hear my heart from there? 
And like a father assuring his son to come home, oh, my son, it's enough. It's enough. So who am I to accept this grace that just falls like rain? Because we all know I chose to lay my head in this desert. But like a fish out of water, we only know then what it means to be parched. So if Christ is alive, the love and the groom, then take heed, my friends, for chivalry is not dead. For I know no other lover who would have met me here in this place. So I awake and I rise from my bed of complacency. Help me, God, I've been sleeping with a corpse. Oh, and these bed sores, they still rest in my bones. Oh, how I've made a beautiful dance with this cadaver. But my audience is appalled. Oh, how strong these tendons, how they desperately need to rip from this ancient atom. Set me aflame, burn this bone and tissue, for I no longer want to be entangled in this sinew that hinders my reach towards you. we often get stuck in, in patterns of life that don't bring life. And if I force you to be honest with yourself today, you'd probably say you don't necessarily know how to get out of those patterns that you've been stuck in. Right? And if we're going to be honest, and, and while we're doing that, wouldn't it also be true that we know ourselves? Like we know our rhythms and we know the way we live and we know our addictions and we know the things that we do that don't bring us life. We, we, we know those things about ourselves. And the, the problem though isn't that we know that we're messed up or that we're broken. The problem is that it, you don't know how to fix yourself. Right? And I don't know how to fix me. Like if we did know how to do that on our own, we probably wouldn't have even bothered showing up here this morning, right? And, and so I, I kind of think of it like this. It's kind of like a game of peekaboo. You didn't see that coming, right? And, and so here's what I know about peekaboo. Like, I don't, I don't have any kids, so I'm not an expert, and every time I try and play with my dogs, they freak out and run away. But, but I get the game. Like, I understand how it works, right? Like, you sit across from your baby friend, right? You sit across, and you got this blanket or something, right? And you and your baby friend are looking at each other, and you cover your face, 
right, with the, the blanket across from your baby friend. And when that happens, the baby's like, right, like they, they want to know what's going on. And so all you do, boom, you drop the cover, right, and you go, peekaboo, and then the baby's like, oh, right, there you were all along, right behind the blanket. What do you know? Right, and so really, really smart scientists, guys, they call this object permanence, right? So like that if a baby can't see something, they don't believe that it exists, right? But adults are different. That's why we don't play peekaboo with each other. Well, like that, that's, that's not a cool party game, you know? Like you don't play peekaboo, right? Because we can actually not see something and still believe that it exists, Like, we've probably never met Justin Bieber, but we definitely know he exists, don't we? We definitely know it. And so the the reality is this. You can't fix about you what you can't see. Right, and the the Bible actually tells us that, that you don't know yourself very well. Like, the Bible says that you were created in God's image. You were put together in your mother's womb with eternity inside of you. And let me tell you, you had nothing to do with that. Nothing. Like, St. Augustine says it like this. He says, God knows you better than you know you. Because we can't see deep. We can't see deep down in us because if we could, we'd fix ourselves If we knew what it was, we'd fix it. The challenge with Jesus is that when we encounter him and we look him in the eye, he starts to see things about us that we can't see. Like we see this tiny little cottage, but he sees a palace. Right, and the brutal truth is that we can hide our junk from each other in this room We can hide our junk at the dinner table. We can go to work next week and we can hide our junk from those people. But we can't hide it from God. He knows you and he knows me. He knows us inside and out. Jesus sees things about us that we can't see. And the beautiful, like, hope-filled thing about all of this is that Jesus is looking at us, seeing things that we can't see, and he's saying, you don't have to fix yourself. You don't have to do it. All you have to do is look to him. All you have to do is surrender it to him, and he will build you into a palace that is better than anything you could have imagined on your own. And I just want to say, that this palace building process, like in all candidness, it's never easy. That never goes easy, but at the end of the day, it is always, always worth it. Let's go ahead and and let's put our things aside right now. And if you would, maybe just find a position that's good for you between you and God here. Maybe close your eyes, maybe bow your head and, and just take the next few moments for for you and God. Maybe that means that that there's some corners of your house that you haven't let him take control of. Maybe now's the time you give those up. Maybe maybe you're you're trying to, to build this tiny little cottage and keep it tidy and he says, no, there's more I wanna do. Let him do that. Let him tell you that you're gonna be a palace. Maybe you've never taken Jesus up on this offer that he says, if you want to find your life, then lose it. Maybe that's the transaction you need to make with God this morning. Go ahead, take this time, whatever you need, and I'll close us in a moment.
as you continue to just take this time with God, I want to talk to anyone here who's maybe never said, all right, Jesus, I'm all in. I hear what you're saying. You're saying, if I want to find my life, I've got to give it to you, and, and I'm ready to do that today. Okay, like you've never actually said, all right, make me into a palace. Here's my house. Here's all of me. And, and this morning you want to surrender that to him. And so I just want to give you an opportunity to do that. So if that's you and, and, and you're ready to step into that relationship, you can just pray this prayer with me in the quiet of your own heart. It would go something like this. Jesus, I am tired of trying to fix myself. I realize I can't do it on my own. You see things in me that I can't see, Jesus, and today I want to hand that over to you. I want to give you my life. I want to give you the house, every single corner, Jesus. Would you forgive me for, for my sin, for, for those times that I've, I've ran away from you, that I've done you wrong, whatever that might be. God, would you forgive me? And would you take control? This morning, I give you my life. Take my hands off and I say, thank you, Jesus, for going to the cross for me. I love you. Amen. And I want you to know that if that was something that you just prayed, like there, there's no decision in your life that is more powerful, that carries more weight than that. And, and it's so meaningful, in fact, that we just ask you to share that with us. And so if you made that decision today, you said to Jesus today, you're all in, would you just be so bold as to make eye contact with me and slip your hand up? And then you're saying, yep, that was me this morning. I'm stepping into that. Yeah, right there, all in. Yep, give him every corner of the house and he will make it into a palace. Yep, right over here. Don't wanna miss anybody. Yeah, I see you over there too. And over on the side here. The first step is surrender. God, we just, we are just in awe of the fact that you love us just the way we are. We're, all, we're in awe of the fact too that, that you see in us a palace, a palace that you will come and reside and that you will live within us. Thank you for, for taking it and making us clean and, and building us up into your image, Father. I pray that we would, we would take whatever it is that we've been holding on to and as we release it to you, we would walk out of this building this morning different than when we came in, that we would be closer to you than we were when this morning started. You have our lives. Take them, make them yours and help us to live like you. We love you in your name we pray.